0: Hello and welcome to East Dropping at the Movies. I'm Mike. And I'm José. And we've seen uh, Sicario 2 uh, Day of the Soldado or just, in this country, it's just Sicario 2 Soldado. Right. Soldado means soldier.
1: You're such a whiz. I know. I know all... A linguist. All the languages. A linguist and a gentleman.
0: Um, so, uh... Sicario the first one was back in 2015 it was directed by Denis Villeneuve Mm. Um, it's got a really good reputation it made made good money Um, it was very popular it's about it was about the um, war on drugs uh, between uh, uh, well the US on Mexico Mm. Um, and it was well paced and careful and dark and uh, erupted into violence in these amazing set pieces it was a lot better than I'd like, been conditioned to sort of expect films like this to be, do you know what I mean? Mm. It was sort of a surprise, I think, that it was getting a sequel, because it, didn't, it made money, but it didn't make that much money. No. Um, and there didn't seem to be a place for a sequel to go, really. Like The story had been told, it seemed.
1: Mm. Um,
0: in this film, they lose Emily Blunt. There's no Emily Blunt. Um, the focus is on Benicio Del Toro, and uh, Josh Brolin's characters who return, and um, I like I like the way they interact in this. No matter about you. I, I like th- they seem very big on screens. Somehow, like these are two huge stars.
1: Yes.
0: And and it's it's almost like heat or something when they interact on screen. It feels big and important, but they're not on together all that much.
1: No. They split up. I mean, um, they're two of my favorite actors, and they're very charismatic. And they're both very good actors, without really being like, in the top rank of, of stardom. And so this really felt like an opportunity to see them you know, interact and interplay. And I think, in a way, that's what the film offers, though not as much as one would like. I, always very, I also very much like seeing Matthew Madine's, or Madine's appearance as the Secretary of State. Uh, you know, he's he's someone like uh, alongs the same lines. So you know, so there was this period in the eighties where everyone thought he'd become a big star, and then he didn't quite. But he's become kind of an interesting presence in films. Mm. So all of those aspects I enjoyed, but the film to me seems like a programmer. Yeah, not and no more than a programmer actually. So you know, there are enjoyable things. Uh, What's so, a programmer? Well, a programmer would be like, I mean, in the Hollywood era, it would be a film that was made only to pick up the slack in the bill. So it wasn't an A production. It wasn't one of the super expensive things that mm. the whole studio was behind and geared and with big stars. It was, you know, normally the kind of thing that they churned out so that the theatres would, would would have enough product to keep changing the programs.
0: Yeah. So it was like, it was like a filler song on an album.
1: Exactly, kind of like, like not that. the single, that's right. You mm. know, so this feels a little bit like that that you know, it's kind of proficient, it's not unenjoyable. Um, it has a lot of problems. Uh, if you like action movies, you know, it passes away two hours very well, but actually, it's nothing in it is very memorable to me. I don't Miracle know, about you. probably
0: the word. I had a really good time. Um, I I I, th- I guess I thought... Uh, well, the film opens on probably half an hour, 40 minutes, of pretty high, sort of, intense action. For a long time, it just it gets right into it. Mm. There's very little downtime until uh, uh, Del Toro is um, with the girl at the deaf guy's house. Mm. That's the only time the film sort of calms down, really. There are, there are, there are a couple of scenes with meetings and... There's there's a sort of there's a story of the uh, the young kid who's mm. not who's just being introduced at that time, um, but it, but it's the, t- the 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 kind of tempo really is very very high for most of it, um, which I really appreciated. I thought, you know, this is getting right into it, and um, in a way, it kind of felt less careful than the first film. But I pre I actually appreciated sort of how it I I, I liked I don't I would say I preferred. The, the sort of intensity of the, the the speed of the film if you like but um, but I definitely liked it but it wasn't really messing around you know and I thought you know is it is it it, it's, it starts off being kind of silly so it opens up on uh, on the border again between the U S and Mexico um, but instead of drugs being uh, the, the, the what's being moved across it's now people. And not only is it people, it's terrorists. Yes. I said to you at the start, like they've combined America's two worst fears, Mexicans and Muslims. Yes. Literally, they smuggle, uh, they smuggle terrorists, suicide bombs across the border, and then suicide bombs explode, and I think it's Kansas. Yes. This is how the film opens, so America decides it wants to you know, take disproportionate action on but Mexico because they're a military junta.
1: But I thought, I thought there was something wrong with that, actually, because I kept waiting for that to somehow be developed and to become part of the rest of the film and it isn't so you know kind of the only point being made at the beginning is that you know now to transport people is bigger business than to transport drugs mm-hmm. there are all these cartels that kind of operate in this corrupt government right and you know, yeah yeah, you, you're waiting you for lose it. the muslim bit like after the first oh uh,
0: yeah that's absolutely for sure and I think it's, it, people have been saying how uh, the film is timely because obviously the conversation that's going on right now yeah. is not just about migration, uh, illegal immigration, migration, but it's also about the, the sort of um, wildly disproportionate American response to it right now yeah. in the separation of, um, of, of children from their families, which that which is not exactly something that the film mm. is I I mean. It would be amazing if the film did predict that, but um, it, it's uh, certainly the kind of fear of, of illegal immigration from Mexico um, is is saying that the the, the film is sort of building on I guess but it's not really saying anything it's not really saying anything and I spent a little while kind of finding trying to find what it was saying mm. and in the end gave up because it's not really no. well, if, if anything, it's not actually talking about illegal immigration if anything it's talking about the American response to it but it's not even really doing that
1: no, um, well the interesting thing about it is the openness with which the film treats American interventionism yeah, right. So you yeah. know, um, they don't try to hide it. You know, basically, Ameri- you know, the Americans are just kidnapping, you know, the the child of one of the drug lords because you know, if you want to create a stir in a place, you kidnap their prince is what we're told. This right?
0: was, uh, this was a fantastic uh, scene, and I wrote this down. Uh-huh. I really loved it. Um, it's all in this really heightened kind of regal language. Hmm. You know, they talk about, as you say, uh, uh, killing kings. You know, if you, uh, I, I don't, it, Josh Brolin says I. Uh, I don't see the point of killing a king because you create 50 more you know. and they talk about if you want to kill if you want to uh, you want to get the king to start the war so kidnap the prince mm. which is when you're talking about taking the kid and then there's something else which was more subtle which was the defence secretary saying um, he says to Josh Brolin these tactics that you used in the Middle East will they work in Mexico mm. and Josh Brolin says they will if you want them to mm. which has a kind of like if you will it, you are the king. Kind of feeling to. Well, no,
1: I felt I felt that that line had more to do. They will if you want them to. Die. If you support us, they will. Yeah, mm. uh, uh, yeah. Uh, if you don't support it, then they won't. And actually, that is what ends up happening. Right halfway through the operation, they back off because they can't deal with, yeah. you know, the media reverb from it. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know. I kind of I I. I wasn't bored for once but but actually it left me nonplussed uh, and I think actually in comparison to the first film what is missing is the kind of moral conscience that um, Emily Blunt brought to it mm. right because you know she was the FBI or the, the whatever the person who played by the book you know new recruits I think yeah, yeah you know who believed in the rules right uh, and actually this doesn't and nobody does and you know, so it feels, and and actually that in itself could be really interesting. I don't mind that, so I don't mind if you're brought into this corrupt world, and you know, and there's this this cynicism and everything is goal orientated, but actually very interesting that the film pauses goal orientated to keep things the same, i right? to keep on churning money, right? Like you know, the, it's not about solving a problem or whatever. It's actually to keep the business going, and by that is meant also the military, the diplomacy, the drug thing, the people trafficking thing, right? Uh, I thought that was very interesting. But then I thought the film cops out because it actually gets sentimental about the child. You know, so I think if you're going to follow that line of corruption, so what ends up happening is that the Americans think you have to kill the child, Mm. right? Because she's seen us, right? And it could reveal it. So, you know, you could understand why Benicio Del Toro might want to protect a child, right? Uh, but uh, uh, the Josh Brolin character is, you know, all of a sudden he gets sentimental. I mean, he's probably blown up thousands of kids. Why get sentimental about this one, right? So I thought that was like, you know, if you really want to depict a morally murky and corrupt world, then do so consistently. Don't back off at the end. Did he get sentimental? Yes, he did. Well, he said something like, "We'll put her into witness oh, protection." Oh, that's right, put her
0: into witness protection because, he, because and he says, "Yeah, he says to the bosses, fuck them all.'" Yeah. That's that's the attitude he takes. Basically, halfway through the film, it's just "Fuck them all" because things start sort of going against him. Um, yeah, M- yeah, maybe. I mean, he certainly got sentimental about Benicio del Toro. That I could understand. Yeah,
1: you know, uh, uh, though, I also think that the film doesn't develop that well. So, for example, you know, I mean, I love the whole thing where he got shot and you kind of know something's going to happen because you don't see his face. So, actually, for a moment, I thought that actually it was somebody else that might have been shot and, Hmm. you know, he'd appear from somebody else. But, no, it turns out it really is him, right? Um, But I didn't like the way the film ended, so... The very, very end. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I thought... Like, you you don't know what happens. I would have liked him to have found shelter you know so what happens is you know he's had a bullet through both cheeks he's losing blood like anything he ends up fighting people then he gets to the side of the road where you think oh god that's over and then he begins to move again right Mm -hmm. you know but he's just on the road and actually the shot isn't even held that long so if the shot had been held longer you could see okay he's 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 now on his way yeah you know but it doesn't even do that so actually you expect something you, you expect something like you know and I, th- I think just leaving the audience there and then presenting him one year later well what happened in that year like I you know yeah. I mean that's important but, information that,
0: that, that coda is purely there to set up a third film
1: yes you know. but it's very unfair to the audience yeah it is yeah.
0: oh absolutely yeah and, to, and also to show you that he's got his nice pretty face back. Yeah. I mean, I was hoping for like half his jaw to have been shot off. It was a bullet to the face, yeah, but so he's like, he comes back. He's he's just got like a, a pinprick through both cheeks, and he's like, but I'm still Benicio del Toro. Yes. Also, you know, I uh, there's another... I did think he might have been dead. Did, ah. you, did you think there was any danger of him actually having died, or did you think here now he's going to be all right?
1: No, no, I thought there was a possibility that he might die on the way, which is why I expected something else to. Yeah, I I either expected him to reach to reach shelter of some kind, like a petrol station or something, mm. or to see him like what about I mean when he was actually shot and lying on the ground,
0: I thought that was I, I thought it, it's funny because I th- there's no tension in the film, D- despite the fact that you've got sort of you've got him at gunpoint being held by the cartel, there's the girl he's there. It should be dripping with tension, and
1: it's not, and it isn't. And that's a problem.
0: It should be a problem, but I, but actually, I, I think it is a problem. I, it should be a problem, but I didn't find it a problem. I still found the film really exciting. So, although when he's eventually shot in the face, um, I, you know, it, it was it was a surprise to me. I didn't go, oh, my God. I kind of went, ooh, that's interesting. Shot the Zorro, like I shot Venetia I thought.
1: Bed. I thought that was one of the most gripping scenes, actually. You know, the thing about getting that young child to do it. And then, yeah. you know... Uh, uh, and actually, the moment where uh, he lifts his face and you see the blood dripping out, it really you know, had an impact on me. So I like that. Um, but I do think there's a problem that the film lacks tension. And actually, part of the reason why the film lacks tension is because you don't know who to root for. There's nothing at stake in it, in a way, Mm. you know. Um, So I think that is a problem. I also thought that there was a problem between the way that things were visualized and the way that scenes were built. So actually, the film has very beautiful lighting, you know, again, very intricate lighting. Yeah, but the shots themselves are very, like, not memorable, really, and also not expressive. It's usually kind of in wide shot. Yeah, so I kind of, and I thought, I thought almost all the scenes, including the action scenes, lack tension. Mm. So, you know, you had laughs and jolts, like you know the scene where he throws the bomb in the car. Yeah, it's mm. kind of, it feels almost funny.
0: Oh, it's, it's a joke.
1: Yeah. yeah, but you know, there's nothing at stake. There should be something about him almost dying on his last legs, now being chased by another car. You should be mm. feeling something, and you, and you don't, or I don't.
0: Yeah, no, I know what you mean, and um, and this is why I'm saying like that lack of tension should be a problem for me. You know, the the film is the the, the world that these characters are in is brutal and unforgiving, and you know, Benicio del Toro survives by the skin of his teeth. You know, he's got a bullet through his face, he's he's tied up, his head kind of bandaged and, and taped up, whatever. The, and everyone thinks he's dead. There's no one coming for him. Mm. He's losing a lot of blood, and yeah, he gets out of it. Like it's a fucking brutal place to be. Um, so you should be feeling tension and danger everywhere, and you're just not. The film actually film feels like a knockabout sort of light-hearted film almost. Like despite the fact that it's violent and and dealing with some kind of dark. Mm. subject matter I also didn't like but I had no problem with that I had well time.
1: <laughs> I have problems with it but it's too light I mean I can't um, I have problems with it, and I think I think there's also ideological things with it mm. because I don't know if you noticed but you know almost none of the Americans on the mission are lost no you know whereas the Mexicans drop off like flies they their lives don't matter and it's not just because you don't know them because actually you know like in the American team you just know the protagonists. All the others, like they could have lost a few, but actually they don't. You know, and I think that speaks of a particular kind of treatment of others. Yes. That uh, um, you know, I found that I found a problem with. Um, I also thought certain things weren't well developed enough. So, you know, there's meant to be a kind of a homology between the young, the male child who chooses to you know, to, to, to join, uh, you know, the, the, the gang. Uh, and the girl who is in, you know, the, the princess of that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, 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 cartel, you know. So there's a kind of a homology that's kind of done there. There's a kind of a homology between Benito del Toro losing his daughter and, you know, now being with this other girl, mm-hmm. you know, and they're kind of plonk there but they're not really worked through kind of in a way that resonates or that has an emotional impact. Uh, so I thought, um, you know, for all of those reasons, the film to me was a disappointment.
0: Yeah, I I, I did quite like Del Toro and, and, and the little girl, I think. Like, there was a little bit of complexity there because um, Del Toro lost his daughter to um, uh, cartel murder, basically. And um, the girl's... Uh, dad is the guy who um had was in charge of the guy who did it so like, that is the sort of he, yeah he basically he's, he's, he says i'm an enemy of your dad yes but um he also is kind of of the understanding <laughs> that she's a 16 year old girl and she didn't do anything he's looking after you know? yes um, but there is this kind of tension there like he's looking after her but for the guy who responsible for basically everything going wrong in his life um, and a huge amount of pain in his life um, and then is, is she a kind of replacement for his daughter like, or is he kind of latching onto her for that reason but as you say it's not developed but no. I liked
1: what was there the film doesn't resonate emotionally and actually all of the human relationships could have been further developed with not very much so actually I would have liked more to have been made out of the friendship between Josh Brolin and Benito Del Toro de there is clearly one And it's clearly not just a professional one, right? Like, so, you know, obviously they're both professionals and, you know, there's that kind of Hoxian thing about doing your job properly is part of what makes you a man. (laughs) Yeah, but actually, you know, there's also kind of affection and humor. Like you say, the screen lights up when they're together. There's something about their interplay. So why not develop just that, you know, Hmm. that bit further, right? Have some emotional resonance when there's a loss, you know, which the film tries for, but it's very weakly so you know so um, and I also think I mean Benito is wonderful and I love the way that he speaks softly when negotiating very um, uh, uh, complex and very difficult situations his Mm. voice lowers and you know he begins a negotiation I love I love the way that he characterizes uh, this person Um, but I think the effective relationships are not um, you know they're, they're almost not there you know I um, really enjoyed when Del Toro and the
0: girl get to the farm, uh, and and they start talking to the deaf guy, or He starts talking to the deaf guy because he, he knows sign language. Because um, not only, I mean, that's not only him being quiet; he's silent. Yes. Like the film has been loud and brash yes. and kind of bright uh, and, and, and noisy up until now, and it just it cuts everything out. Mm. And it's and, and it's this. This calms sort of, he, He's got a massive gun on him, so he's saying, "Calm down! I'm not going to hurt you or anything. We need help." And the the tone changes pretty abruptly. Do you think it was? Do you think it was too much? Do you think it was kind of wrong-headed? I really enjoyed it.
1: Um, what I was feeling during that is that they could have made it so much better, and more you know, by just uh, making that low. A lull, i.e., that there's they're in the middle of a threat. So I would have liked maybe some cross shooting between, you know, someone now knows where they are and they're out to get them or Yeah, just mm. you know, to have like kind of you know, this what they feel is a lull, yeah, be signalled as temporary whilst they're kind of working out more emotive things. I mean there's a way of adding layers to scenes like that and I mm. think this is too one note. Yes.
0: Yeah, maybe. But I I, I guess um I mean, it, that is kind of brought in when, uh, because then uh, with at the same time, Josh Brolin's character is told, uh, You're no longer in charge of this. Catherine Keener's taken over. Catherine Keener says, Right, kill everyone. Yeah. So then he calls Del Toro, this interesting phone call where he says, I've got to come and kill you, basically.
1: I know, but that happens after
0: no that happens in the middle that happens while he, he takes the phone call when ah. he's in the flat doesn't it in the flat in the well, he leaves the house to take the phone call yeah yeah call, yes. but they're staying there at the time so, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and, that, and then that kind of you know, make, makes them leave um,
1: yeah but, but that's I know what you mean though um, it's,
0: I mean it's not like well it's certainly not under any they're not under any sort of threat really like imminent while they're there hmm. they are allowed to take a few minutes to themselves yes um, um, anyways so I should have problems with this film I mean, for all the reasons you've described, and some of the reasons I've described, like I say, there's no tension. Well, and and that uh, <laughs> it has a really cavalier uh, attitude to killing Mexicans, and and says, so, "But the Americans are all going to be fine. Don't worry about it." Um, you know, I shouldn't have problems with this. I, I wouldn't say it feels like uh, propaganda in the way that like no, a no. Michael Bay film does, for instance. Now, but, but it is it is a problem.
1: For me, the reason why I called it a programmer is because. It's not offensive, you know. Like I wasn't bored at all, right? And so, and you, you know, you do spend an enjoyable couple of hours. Um, but I think nothing is memorable. And you know, there are very talented people here. I mean, I, I read that the, you know, the screenwriter was the screenwriter of uh, High and High and Low, or what was it called? The
0: screenwriter of the first film?
1: Uh, yeah, uh, but also that you know that really wonderful film with Chris Pine, Helen Highwater. Oh um, yes. Yeah. Uh, yes, 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 yes. So, you know, kind of. There's nothing offensive. I loved watching the actors. It's some scenes are non-stop action, right? So, you know, so it's 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 like one of those old westerns. Like you you know you know what you're going to get. It does the job. Yeah. Yeah. But kind of you know you're not going to remember it like a John Ford or an anti Man Western or something. There's nothing memorable in it. That's the way I feel about this film.
0: Yeah, I know what you mean. I think, I, I, I think it's still it maintains some of the darkness of the first film. You know, particularly in the end where you've got this this kid who um, you've been you've been watching this kid, the, the boy this is throughout the film, kind of thinking, is he going to like he's, he's getting involved in this gang that smuggles people across the border? Is is he going to sort of? He, he seems to be on the fence, right? So which way is he going to tip? Mm. Um, and then by the time you get to the Coda, it's one year later, he's shot. He's the one who shot Benicio Del Toro in the face. He was kind of forced to by um, the, the people in charge of the gang. Um, he almost
1: had no choice, right? He saw the, yes. the first one who refused got killed. So, exactly. <laughs> so he had to do it. Uh,
0: then you see a year later, all, all of a sudden he's, he's covered in tattoos, he seems to have a harem following him. And then t- Del Toro... Uh, Confronts him, having tracked him down. I, mean, I thought that was really funny. You must have heard me laughing when he when he comes through to the, walks in the door, and Benicio Benisha del Toro is standing there looking at him, and he's going, "Fucking hell, I killed you!" Like I, that was that was. I found that really really funny. I but then he gone.
1: <laughs> I I didn't, <laughs> uh, but actually, you know what puzzles me about that young man is. You know when they're all heading back so he's just he's just killed El Toro hmm. and you know they're heading back the whole gang and they're kind of celebrating in a way yeah mm-hmm. you know obviously the kid's first time killing whatever and he leaves the truck and says drop me off here mm-hmm. you know and they're all celebrating and he's not and I couldn't quite like I mean I got it but I was wonder- but I you get a feeling that there's more that yeah you know, why did he choose to leave at that moment you know well, I think I, uh, the film. I
0: guess uh, for, what I took that as was was he's just killed someone, and this is as I said, this is a kid who's been on the fence the whole time, and so he's done something, he's done the worst thing you can do, really. Um, and he is struggling with it, you know. He was forced into it, like I say, it wasn't exactly his choice because he would have died, so so he's. Struggling, and he doesn't. He can't. He just can't be in that place with everyone else in the back of the truck, Going, woo, hey, what? Am and that? about to be left in the middle of nowhere, yeah.
1: You know? But I
0: think, like, I, I mean, that's probably the place you want to be if you've just had to shoot someone in the place I think
1: you're but,
0: making, no, but I like, I got that. But, but what was disappointing was that they just kind of left him there. And then you pick up a year later, and okay, so now he's this hardcore gangster covered in tattoos and the rest. Like, wh- as you say, what the fuck happened in that year? Yeah. Um. Yeah, that is disappointing, and 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 even when you when he's looking at Del Toro at the end of the film, I think it still maintains that ambiguity about him. Like, okay, so he must be—he's clearly playing the part mm. of of this the gangster now. Yeah, it? but he sees Del Toro, and he's still a little kid, yes. terrified especially terrified because someone's just come back from the dead in front of him Yes, but he he doesn't sort of know where he is and then Del Toro says so you want to be a Sicario which is a let's talk (laughs) let's talk and this is how the film ends and you know it's disappointing narratively because it leaves this big open question and then obviously they want to make a third film I guess Hmm.
1: but um, but you didn't care
0: <laughs> I sort of didn't I? Like. If I if they make a third one, I will go and see it. I will, I, I, will, as well. I um, will as well. And if it's by if it's like this one, you know what I mean, I will go and see it, and I will have a really good time.
1: Actually, I'm thinking, you know, if I can find some time later on tonight, I'm going to go see the first one again. Yeah. So you know, it kind of. Um, the first one was
0: great. The bit in the in the traffic jam was fucking amazing hmm. in the first one. That's a bit I remember. I can't, most. I can't remember it well. Fantastic tension I mean, see that is it. the kind of tension this film should have had. Yes. But um. But, you know, I mean, it's two different worlds. Denis Villeneuve is on top of the fucking world at the minute.
1: But it's not just that, anyway. I mean, I'm interested in the thing that you don't care, that actually it offered, mm. you know, it offered you certain satisfactions. So maybe kind of summarising them would be a good way to kind of finish this, postca- this podcast. So kind of, what were the satisfactions that you got out of the film? It sounds kind of... It sounds stupid, but
0: Um, because I don't know when people say this but I liked that I could sort of switch off I liked that it it became fairly clear fairly early on that um, it wasn't going to deal with the subject matter um, with the seriousness that the first film did Mm. And, and and that it sort of made up for that by just being really exciting really high tempo and having these two you know big stars um, kind of kind of in charge of every scene it had it had some sort of fun dialogue like, I don't want to make it sound like it was like a <laughs> like I don't know like a action adventure or like a like a Rambo or something like it wasn't like that it's still kind of hinting at some at certain darkness you know and like I say the landscape is, is brutal and I think it conveys that pretty well but um, as you say like it's it's like those those westerns or it's 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 like it's it's what you go to the cinema for you want to have a bit of fun
1: <laughs> okay i don't know uh, well, it's,
0: it seems like i say, i should have problems but right. i don't i'm just cool with it
1: okay well <laughs> that's a good note to uh end up on uh so thank you for listening we are on itunes soundcloud facebook and and twitter So, uh, 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 do drop us a line if uh, there's an aspect of the film uh, that has uh, caught your attention and that we've somehow bypassed, or if you have a different view than us on the the film itself.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Thank you very much. Because we we do that
0: all the time. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: Right on. Let's end it here.